0: It's my great pleasure to have here today, Catherine Murphy, friend and film director from the film called Silvio Rodriguez, my first calling in English, Silvio Rodriguez, Mi Primera Tarea in Spanish. Welcome, Catherine.
1: Thank you so much, Aldrin. It's really a pleasure to be here with you today. It's,
0: it's amazing to have you because we have a little background. And I just want to first um, ask you to introduce yourself in, in the cinemat world.
1: So my name is Catherine Murphy. I direct a production house called Maestra Producciones which is actually named after the first film that I directed which is called Maestra from about 12 years ago. I started out like many many documentary makers, I did not study film. I did not start out in a film journey, aware that I would be going on a film journey. So I started studying uh social sciences and partly because of my family history I ended up doing part of my studies in Cuba. Sort of some of the questions that I was looking to explore in in my early 20s, just about life and humanity and the human experience. A lot of my questions existenciales, digamos, took a cinema path. I was working on a master's thesis and some very good friends of mine from San Francisco where I grew up were doing a film on a similar topic. And I ended up sort of working with them, collaborating with them. I fell in love with the cinema language and I just redirected my life path. You know, it called me and I started working in that realm and I feel very thankful. It's really been a beautiful journey go
0: back to story because the, the beautiful thing about doing a film festival is that you get connected back again with friends that you haven't seen in many years. And I met you, I believe was in 1991, 1992, something I think it like... it was 92. 1992. Was
1: 92, which was the first time that I went to Havana.
0: With global exchange, maybe? I'm not sure. It was? Well, oh I God. went
1: first. I went first on my own with my dear friend Sonia DeVries, who's also a filmmaker, who was also working on a book that became a film, and she has spent her life as a filmmaker. Jose Pineda. We met Jose Pineda, sort of a group of young students at the University of Havana at the time. I think it was through Jose Pineda that yes, he he had is. the joy yeah, of, of meeting you.
0: Yeah. Uh, I do remember I went to see in Harvard University maestra. And and uh, it caught my attention because it was a surprise for me that you were doing films. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, this is amazing. I'm very, very happy to have you with us. We are going to see a little piece of the trailer of Silvio Rodríguez, mi primera tarea. Silvio Rodríguez, my first calling. Es increíble que haya pasado tanto tiempo. Because yo tenía 14 años. 14 Eso fue importante para mí en dos sentidos. Fue la la actividad en la que me integré a una labor social por primera vez en mi vida porque hasta ese momento solamente era un estudiante y un hijo de una familia one of the things that catch my attention and it's just showing right now when Silvio says that que haya pasado tanto time." same thing in here it's unbelievable that we, we have seen each other for a long time and now we're back again this is amazing Catherine I have to say thank you so much for uh, sending this film because I think from the point of view of education it's very important that people see good things and beautiful things and these films I have experience watching your films My and Silvio, and you show me something else very similar. They're all very connected to education. And I want you to talk about that. What is the inspiration? What is the background behind all these beautiful films?
1: Well, thank. just want to say thank you again, first, Aldrin, and thank you for selecting this film for your festival. I feel very honored and very delighted to have the Silvio film in your festival. I'm not exactly sure where to start because it's a big, like I could talk all day about this, right? I think I had my own very non-traditional education journey in which uh, traditional schooling did not really work for me. And so I ended up going to some very sort of alternative schools, free schools. I went to a Quaker high school that was like a peace and justice high school. And I think I really, in the first person had, and also some of my closest friends as teenagers, right, as children and teenagers had up close the experience of how education could be both kind of like formal education, kind of limiting, or it could also be very liberating. I think this is a fundamental question for all of us and for just our world and our societies and how do we make a healthy world and also looking at these multiple ways in which we teach each other what I can learn from you and this reciprocal process of teaching that like we're all teachers we're all learners hopefully forever so I feel like I really wanted to sort of explore that in my film work because of the years I spent in Cuba in the 90s I started out doing like an oral history with Mm. some of the youngest teachers on the 1961 Cuban literacy campaign and I was really um, I didn't come at this as a, like a, as a, as a concept and then look for the people, it was totally the opposite. You know, that happens a lot in films, right? You have a a question or a inquiétude, but actually I knew a number of these women like Norma Guillard and other, you know, women and some men who I knew because of the work they were doing in Cuba. Now the kind of incredible, interesting, groundbreaking work that they were doing, you know, Norma was one of the first people talking about LGBTQ issues openly, for example, you know, so I met these people because of what they're doing in contemporary Cuba, but several of them said they thought they felt that the most beautiful thing they ever did was teach someone to read and write when they were teenagers. So that grabbed me that just, Anyway, I did dozens of interviews, dozens. And I started out Gloria Rolando sort of gave us the initial blessing of working with her team. I had produced, I had produced, uh, worked on the production team of some other films, but I had never directed yet. And so, uh, Gloria Rolando actually sent me off in a sailboat or something, a ship with her film crew, Hilberto Martinez and her film crew. And we ended up doing, uh, then I ended up spending almost a decade recording stories. So incredible. So we did the Maestro film, you know, uh, over 10 years ago now. And then during the years of pandemic, together with Daniel Diaz Jr. and a team in Havana, all the rest of the team is in Havana, we've been going back into the archives and pulling out some other interviews. So we now have a trilogy. We basically built a trilogy around the Maestro film. So we have a prequel, which was just two teachers who talked about the pilot brigades from the year before that I never really understood until I rewatched these interviews in the pandemic. And then we also pulled out Silvio because people love him so so much all around the world. I mean, he's one of the great poets in the Spanish language, one of the most beloved singer-songwriters in the Spanish language going on decades now. He's in his seventies. He still fills stadiums when he performs in Latin America. So we kind of like, we went back in con pinzas to the archive, like dozens of interviews and and really thanks to Daniel Diaz and the Santiago Alvarez archive as well, which gave us some newly digitized material. We have this film.
0: Yeah, I mean, we have to say that um, Daniel Diaz is also, he has worked with me, probably 99% of my films. So we have a leader of connection here together. (laughs) Yes, Daniel Diaz is my editor, actually. That is
1: very special.
0: (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. so So
1: incredible and so (laughs) talented.
0: Yes, yes, yes. He's my big friend and very helpful. He's an artist. and He's know,
1: an artist. He's an artist. He really is. He's really a brilliant, brilliant editor.
0: The films that I have seen from you, they're all in Cuba. What are the difficulties that you have found during this process? How long did it take you to make these
1: films? Actually, our work spans beyond Cuba. We've done, but, but using the theme of education and kind of non-traditional education or popular education, alternative education, this question of people teaching each other. And so we have a project underway in Brazil, and we have a couple projects underway in the US. And hopefully within the next two years, they'll all be be completed. Um, But a lot of the work, because I lived almost 10 years in Havana. So really, my first decade of filmmaking life all happened there. And because of the magnitude of the oral history on the literacy teachers, the youngest literacy teachers, which was the focus, we've still kept pulling out that work. I think we're kind of in a transition now. You know, So it took years. I mean, it takes years to do independent film. It takes years to do community, especially if you don't have large budgets. Some of the huge budgets from Netflix or HBO, you can go and do an hour long film in a few months. But also, I think because here in the independent film community, we're also like always fundraising the whole time, you know, finding the resources is not easy. And then just add to that, like working in Cuba. And at a time when there was no diplomatic relations between the two countries, I mean, all the conflict, right? So we had to get permission from US Treasury that took a couple years. That was really thanks to a wonderful San Francisco-based attorney named Bill Martinez. I don't know if you know Bill Martinez, but Bill Martinez here in San Francisco Bay Area has been a key bridge between the U.S. and Cuba, especially in the arts and culture community with musicians, especially musicians, but also with film projects, et cetera. Bill Martinez helped us get U.S. Treasury Department permission. And then we also, of course, had to get permission on the Cuban side, which it's just, you know, it's like navigating a labyrinth and we're getting you know the two sides, don't talk to each other. But once all of that was done, I just just found people were so delighted to talk about this experience and so just working. I mean, the film crews, the film community in Cuba is so amazing, you know, so many brilliant, talented people. So it really was just a joy to do this, these years of collecting interviews. Right.
0: Uh, what about the writing process? Because these kind of films, when you watch the, at least in my experience, it's a, it's a lesson experience. It's something that you will learn from it. So, the script part, I bet, is kind of like how how you write that script.
1: I love that question, Aldrin. I think, um, you know, I really kind of came from a school, from a documentary school that um, with sort of doc mentors, because I did, also because I didn't study film. But I think, again, it's a lot of how the documentary universe works. Right. I had sort of documentary mentors. And from this kind of escuela de documental in which I kind of grew up, the folks I work with here, they don't work with pre-written scripts it's like we write the script on the editing table or in the editing suite. And so because it's so guided by the interviews, I kind of used an oral history methodology with the interviews, which is that I had a set of questions and I asked the same questions to everyone, right? Like my main questions, sort of an oral history methodology. And then, then then the final questions would change based on their experiences, right? And the particularities. And then those interviews would guide, guided the script, right? Then it's more like listening for the story. What is the story? What do they say? What do they stay with the most emotion? What does it speak to us? And I think it's very interesting with the Maestra film. um, I worked with a US based California based editor named Eve Goldberg. Eve really heard the story. I had like 80 interviews for Maestra. She said, bring me 10. (laughs) And I'll pick five. So, you know, and then she's really a beautiful story writer and a script writer. So that also the relationship of, you know, the editor director relationship is so special and important. I mean, we were Talking about Danielle Diaz, and then the other two in the trilogy we edited with Danielle Diaz, and I love the collaboration. Like I always want editors to feel free, creatively free, and inspired. I have certain things that are important to me. Maybe I give a map, kind of a conceptual map or a script map, but I I never want to be like micromanaging an editor or something. No, I think that creative collaboration is so important, and important that they feel creatively free. So with the Silvio film, you know, because it's just one interview, I wasn't even sure at first it can it be a film and really it was danielle that made it a film it was so yeah. i had the the i sort of had the script written in terms of the interview transcript which pieces i wanted and which pieces i felt i could do without and i wanted to keep it sort of short because i don't know i like that length that mid like medio metrajes, and i also think for teaching context it's very meaningful i mean it's very useful to have shorter films and with one person anyway but danielle created and then we got some newly like there's also a piece that's like listening to the archives and these films that are historical and the role of the archives is so central and so important. So it's like a listen to the voices of the interviewees and then listen to the archives for writing the script. And then I kind of give the treasures to the editor. And but Danielle wove it in a way that was just really beyond um what I imagined. He used more audio from the archival sources than I would have imagined. That was Danielle. Those were Danielle's choices and those are script choices. You know it's like the, the archives are the other personajes
0: yeah, yeah. You have a lot of um, material that is old from back in the days. And it's uh, it's absolutely amazing to look at that because part of our history, especially uh, when I look at it, it, you know, even though I was not born in that, but I knew people who went through that and learned to write and le- learn to read based on la campaña de alfabetización. I always catch my attention because it's a b- beautiful part of our culture. Uh, to me, is one of the most important, one of the most beautiful. Based on these films, Catherine, what should be the dream idea for these films when you made it?
1: I think now, that's such an interesting question. And I think now, in a way, my dreams are different now because at the time it was more just like exploring it cinematically, recording the voices, meeting the people, listening to the stories for me was so moving because they're so beautiful. And they're such a light of like sort of the world that we can dream about, right? the world we can be, the people we can be. So I feel like my dream then was more about just registrar and now it's really about sort of how do you get it then to the audiences, right? And this is such a big question for all of us. Like making the film is really half the journey. That's something that I have learned along the way, right? I never would have imagined, but making the film is only half the journey. The other half of the journey is a difundirlo, like reaching your audiences, thinking about who's your audiences that you most want to reach. I dream about this film you know this the Silvio film and the and the whole trilogy being used in educational contexts in classrooms you know sort of traditional and non-traditional in classrooms definitely for that kind of teaching but also I mean I'd love to because it's this journey has all been in pandemia with Silvio I would love to do some live screenings in the theater maybe with concerts because the the you know we did a virtual launch when the first film came out in collaboration with Hot House uh, in Chicago, we did the film, 20, which is only 25 minutes, and we did an hour-long concert followed a virtual concert with a younger generation Cuban musicians and then also outside of Cuba, musicians like Quetzal from East L.A. They're like a Chicano fusion band from East L.A. Lila Downs did a song for us. Susana Baca. We had like beautiful Choa, Rolly Berrio de Santa Clara, del Movimiento de Jóvenes Trovadores de Santa Clara. We did this hour-long virtual virtual concert you know that's something i would love to do something like that live or do it in a the theater the film got picked up by for distribution by new day films so the Silvio film is now in the new day films catalog i'm very happy about that and that has a focus on educational distribution it's also now in canopy which is great for like public libraries and all of that but i think you know i'm just so aware that like getting the film out there which is the dream like reaching the audiences that care about it you know it's a trabajo de hormiga and it's over months and years, and it's we're sort of just getting started, I suppose.
0: Yeah, no, that's amazing because these kind of films are the way it's supposed to go, is you know, for students because they should learn this. There's a lot of people that don't know anything about this. And the the good thing about that you have in your films is some people still alive and they're still there, so they can like Silvio. I didn't know Silvio went to alphabetizar I mean, that's com was com- absolutely complete. But he said he was 14 year old. Imagine that I know Silvio from all his music, but I never really knew that you know his story. So looking at stuff like this, for my in my case that I'm from Cuba, I'm connected completely. But for people who is in the educational process, will learn that it's not only a musician, it's not only this big celebrity, you know, poet or whatever, it's also someone who has a background that is touch people. And that's probably why people love him so much because, you know, even though his music is absolutely fantastic, now has more connection. Now probably I understand where it comes from, learning, you know, all this, this process of um education, which is, it was very important at one point. I think my father and my mom learned how to write and read because of the, um yeah, it was, I mean, they live free. Really... My mom is from Santiago de Cuba, from Palma Soriano. Palma Soriano. Palma Soriano. It was very, very deep in, in, in the country. I've been there a couple of times and uh, it was nothing there. Yeah, so a couple of guys went there and teach. All of them, they were like nine sisters to write and stuff like that. So that's, that's, that's okay, very important.
1: Okay, can I do a story? This was not planned. Go ahead, let me see. I have uh, a story about Palma Soriano. What oh, is the goodness, name?
0: Yeah, to. no, put it closer to the screen, closer, closer to the, it's covering. What color is that book?
1: It's um, dark color, it's called Mirrors. I se llama I de nuevo? send you a Mirrors by Eduardo Galeano. Pedro. I have a story for you from Palma Soriano, but what, where are your parents now? My mom is here with me, making a lot
0: of noises, by the way. <laughs> she uh, is from, yeah, from Palma Soriano. So, ¿Cómo se llama la ciudad? The city is called, uh, oh my goodness, Lariol, creo que se llama. It's, wow. It's in, uh, in um, ¿cómo Dos Ríos, very close from José Martí, away pas, uh, in Dos oh, wow. Ríos. And those rios, she's from those rios. Um, wow. um a, a little, a little a small town deep in the I mean in the forest, i, I, I was i a campo. Ay, life, I have it in my mind so Lariol, sorry. Me viene. Eh, pero dos well, I,
1: I definitely think we should interview your mother about that uh-huh. experience.
0: Oh my god.
1: <laughs> it would be very exciting to interview your mother about that experience, what she remembers, what happened, the teacher. I mean, those sort of voices of the people who went through as students, mm-hmm. and she would have been very young, are very they're very, very few people. I went up on mountain, up on horseback into the Sierra Maestra looking for people that had been students, and we really only could find one family and that was, and they're in the Maestro film.
0: No, I saw, I remember you went deep on the, in el campo.
1: So, um, do we have time for me to read your story? And I definitely. Absol- get Absol- absolutely. Okay, absolutely. maybe we can do uh so this book is called Espejos, sorry, it's Mirrors. Here we go. It's written by Eduardo Galeano. It was his penultimo libro, Antes de Fallecer, and it's these micro cuentos that Galeano writes, oh, right? I like that. And it's called Stories of Almost Everyone. It's supposed to be like the story of the world, right? Like um, just many, many, many micro cuentos of human history, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm very honored that he included four little fragments of our literacy uh, interviews pre- uh, that we collected when reading Maestra. One of them, and so this is English, this is the English translation. Certo. So this uh, testimonio is Jorge Odio. Jorge Odio, que yo lo entrevisté en La Habana uh, when we were doing the Maestra film, right? He says, I was 14 years old when the volunteers turned up in Palma Soriano. I'd never been to school, but I went to the first literature literacy class. I drew a few letters and I realized this is for me. The next morning, I slipped out of the house and took to the road. I had the volunteers manual under my arm. I walked a very long way until I came to a town deep in the mountains of the east. I introduced myself as a literacy teacher. I gave the first class Repeating everything I'd heard back in Palma Soriano. I remembered every detail. For the second class, I studied the manual, or rather, I guessed at what it said. And for the following ones, I taught literacy before I was literate. Or maybe it all happened at once. Yo no sé.
0: Absolutely beautiful. The um <laughs> wow, the the story, Catherine. That's see, I know it's gonna be fantastic. This interview, I have that feeling, of course. And because I mean we know each other for so many years. And now we are connected again. That's amazing. That's that's what I'm very happy. And your film, thank you. What is the future? Do you have? You talk about all the projects that you have. I want you to mention before we finish. Which yes. ones are the new Catherine Murphy films?
1: So right now we're working on a film about the early work of Paulo Freire, the great Brazilian educator, who is most known for a book he wrote in 1970 called Pedagogia do Oprimido. But this book, and it still is one of the most influential. Uh, and most cited books in academic studies about pedagogia around the world. But he based this book on some experimental adult literacy work that he was doing in Northeastern Brazil uh, in the early 1960s. So it's also interesting how it's sort of the same timeframe, but that was not intentional. It's just sort of, this was happening all over the Americas and all over the world, really, but definitely all over the Americas in the early sixties, like societies grappling with mass illiteracy and trying to become, give access to education to those who had not had access, right? So Paulo Freire, I hope we're working with a wonderful woman editor in Brazil named Iris Oliveira. And I hope that in the next couple of months we'll be finished. We've had some como pasa siempre. we've had some, de- we really wanted to be done by the end of this year, but it'll be hopefully in the next couple of months and it'll go on the festival circuit. And then we're also working on a film here about the desegregation of schooling and the connection between schooling, access to s- School, access to literacy, access to schooling, and the vote in African-American communities in the United States. So in that, those are our coming projects
0: that's amazing that's so, awesome yeah
1: Good with that.
0: another thing before we leave I had so many questions but the time is do you have and this is a cinema question do you have any director or films that you look through it like inspirational somehow or a book doesn't have to be a film
1: oh there's so many wonderful films I feel like watching I feel like for the documentary form I think watching documentaries is so important and the language has really been evolving. Like the visual language has really been evolving and it's so exciting. I mean, I think, you know, it used to be almost like people thought documentaries were kind of boring, right? Or they were like less creative than fiction. Mm -hmm. And I think that's totally changed in the last years. And so much of the new work is so beautiful and poetic. Wow. There's so many films that I love. I was just telling someone the other day, that's my favorite film. And now I can't <laughs> even remember. You know, there's a wonderful film called, well, I love Ava DuVernay's work. I love Thirteen. There is a recent film. I love Brave New Film's work. I love, you know, one of the films I've been really wanting to see that's out this year is about the poet Nikki Giovanni that was done oh. by Michelle Stevenson and Joe Brewster I haven't seen. Uh, producing partners in their matrimonio and they have a really really beautiful work they also did a film about education called American Promise which documented their son's journey through oh, wow. uh, high school it was uh, two black families in Brooklyn their own family their own son and his best friend at at sort of this prestigious prep school and that's a very important film I think for people that are looking at education films and education issues wow but there's so many I think it would be good to make a list I mean this is a very important question that you yeah,
0: it, it, we should have at least Because everybody asks me questions too What is my favorite director, my favorite movie And stuff like that And so, Usually what you say is absolutely right I'm constantly, constantly looking at films And I do actually do documentaries as well And I'm constantly looking at documentary Because it's a, a completely different world But at the end it's storytelling I And mean, in storytelling it's the same thing One is fictional And the other one has elements that they are real but it's storytelling. How do you connect the story is the same thing to me. Constantly looking at films is my always suggestion what i what i like also is the new changes a documentary 20 years ago is not the same right now it's completely different right now they have many different techniques it's like a film you're watching a film but at the same time you're learning and it's i think it's magical catherine i have to thank you so much for bringing your film silvio rodriguez mi primera tarea in, in the New England International Film Award. And uh, it was fantastic. It's amazing. And I hope to see you soon back in the festival. And I hope to see you in real life soon as well. Just sí. let me know when you go back to Cuba. I'm going to Cuba constantly. See? Sí.
1: That would be <laughs> exactly. really beautiful. I would love that. Absolutely. Or here or there. <laughs> and I'm
0: working with Daniel right now. He's doing a teaser for an upcoming film that I'm writing.
1: Oh, wow. That's
0: so we're so going s- to send this interview to him to say hi. Okay, great. <laughs> I actually,
1: you know, his father just passed away.
0: I know that was, yeah, that's terrible. And
1: so it was very sad and it's a big loss for Cuba. You know, his father was one of the founders of Televisión Serrana, which is such an interesting, important project. And yes. his father says that the experience of Televisión Serrana grew out of the literacy campaign. His father was a literacy teacher also. So I interviewed his father in 2007, around the same time we interviewed Silvio. So Daniel is editing a piece with that now in honor of his dad so we're also talking today so i'll also tell him you know what i'm gonna do right here on i'm gonna take us a screenshot oh
0: yes of course (laughs) (laughs) yes i need to talk to him too soon so you
1: send him an abrazo for me and i'll send him an abrazo for you and it's wonderful that we're all you know connected in this creative community and storytelling community so thank you so much.